You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss. Today's episode, <laughs> it is so much fun. We talk all things prayer with Crystal Evans Hurst. She's so energetic, life-loving. She's the girl next door who loves encouraging others to fulfill their potential in Christ. So you know we made great friends real fast. She is humorous and she's super vulnerable and she tells it like it is, but she does it with grace and integrity and lots and lots of love. Crystal is an Evans. If you know about the Evans family, they are amazing, faith-filled people of God. There is Tony Evans, her dad, Priscilla Evanshire, her sister, who created War Room and has another amazing ministry. Her brothers, Anthony and Jonathan Evans, are also amazing men of God. So we know there's about to be lots of truth bombs today. Like I said, we're chatting all through prayer. Why is it so important to have conversations with God that are raw and authentic? How to wait on God's answers and still have peace when maybe they feel unanswered and you're in that weird in-between season. We talk through how she prays, practical ways that you can start to pray, but also she introduces an amazing idea that will change the way you view prayer for the rest of your life. Crystal created an amazing prayer guide called the 28-Day Prayer Journey, which is a guide to conversations with God. I actually had the privilege of reading through an advanced reader's copy, and it is amazing. And that's kind of what prompted today's conversation. It is chock full of good prayers, authentic and raw and vulnerable prayers that are full of thanksgiving and praise, but also petition and intercession for other people. And that is all inside today's episode with Crystal Evans Hurst. Before we started recording, we talked about Joel's YouTube channel, and I feel like we should <laughs> honor him and maybe expand the audience and tell the Behind the Bliss listeners, Joel is your son for those that need some context. Yes. And might I say, he's like the cutest thing and started a YouTube channel. <laughs> Well, yes, and he is very much so committed to his craft. Isn't it funny that careers look so different today than they did when I was in kindergarten? And people were like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I was thinking firefighter, I don't know, something. And then all of a sudden, Joel's like, I want to be a YouTuber. You know what? More power to him. We all have to start somewhere. Love it. Tell us a little bit about yourself. We know now a bit about Joel, but tell us about Crystal. Who are you and what does life look like for you right now? Well, right now there are three boys still at home, um, 17, 15, and 11, and we are doing what we normally do because we homeschool, but with a little less going on. So um, there's Uh a little bit of stir crazy still, but we're kind of used to being here. The trick has been without all the other things to take their attention. What do they do with all their free time? There's no football to go to. Mm -hmm. There's no science museum to go to. There's no homeschool co-op to go to and all the things that we would normally do during the summer are closed. <laughs> so um, we're trying to, you know, get creative around yeah. here, but that's I, I guess where the YouTube channel comes in. Yeah, that's it. I am just like so excited about this conversation with you because I would consider you an expert in prayer. You've done your fair share of research and have even written an incredible guide. It's a 28 day prayer journey and it's a daily guide for conversations with God. And I have been walking through days of it. And I'm hoping that people kind of just get hooked to this idea of prayer 
that it changes them from the inside out, and they have this newfound fun habit that they've now created maybe after this episode. So I just kind of want to know why prayer? Why is that something that you feel like we really needed some kind of guide for, which I agree with. I think we do. But I want to know where this idea came from and like why your heart was so stirred to write something like that. Well, the thing is, you said you would think I'm an expert on prayer and I'm not. In fact, I said, why would I write a book on prayer? I mean, really, this book got written at a time when Priscilla was my sister, Priscilla Shire, was in a movie called War Room. That's about prayer. And I was thinking, I'm so not a good prayer person. And I'm going to just throw up prayers every day on Instagram for 28 days um, just so that I can be held accountable to doing that. I'm going to tell everybody I'm going to do it. And then I want to make sure that I do it for 28 days so that their accountability is there because I need help developing the habit. I don't have a problem praying. I don't have a problem even knowing what to say. I have a problem being consistent and I want to be more consistent and do what First Thessalonians tells us to do, which is to pray without ceasing. So it was really because I'm not a prayer warrior and I'm not an expert on prayer that I wanted to just put something out there that would help me be consistent and help others be consistent in the process. And so what happened is that little Insta story, Insta there was no story then that Instagram challenge um, just became a book. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Isn't it cool too how when we use the inspiration of the community around us, it can spark something that ripples more than we would ever know or feel. Exactly. Like War Room, for example, with your sister Priscilla, like prompted you to be like, okay, you know what? No, yeah, I need to find some consistency and make this more of a habit. And then here we are having mm-hmm. this conversation about to drop some amazing truth bombs that I've read for our (laughs) listeners today, all because, man, because of the obedience of somebody else. So people probably have their own ideas of what prayer is walking into this episode. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. if if they listen to podcasts like me, they probably pushed play because they saw prayer and they were like, okay, let me listen. And so because we have so many people from ages, lots of different seasons and walks of life, I'm really just excited to chat through what prayer is so we can all be on the same page, challenge each other in our prayer life, and really feel championed and encouraged walking through this episode. But for someone that might be just uncomfortable with chatting with the Lord, as if they were on the phone with Him, and might be intimidated by prayer from the beginning, why is it so important to have a raw and authentic conversation with God, and how would you encourage them? Well, the thing is, is prayer, that's all it is, is conversation. Yeah. And nobody would say, well, if you fell in love with a boy at 16, that you wouldn't want to talk to him. They would totally expect you to be talking to him nonstop. In fact, are y'all still (laughs) on the phone? You mean, it may not be the phone now, because I know that sometimes Gen Z doesn't want to talk on the phone. Um, But even if it- remember that landline. (laughs) I would always get caught. My dad was like, really? It's time to get off now. Hell yeah. It was a big deal for us to have our own line in our room. You know, I'm really dating myself now because it was a landline and we had to have an extra line in our bedroom. But it was a whole thing. Like you need to be off at this certain time because they expect- that because we were interested in that relationship that we would be talking Mm -hmm. to that person. And so all prayer is, is communication with God, ongoing conversation that happens with the creator of the universe that said, hey, by the way, I'm really powerful, but I want to have a conversation with you. So why not take advantage of it? And so I think that if you can kind of simplify it and say, this is what people do who like each other (laughs) (laughs) and God likes you, And I would think that if you want to have a relationship with God, you like God, you love him, you um, want to know more about what he wants for your life and what he wants you to know about life. So then you have a conversation. You don't make it a big deal. The problem is, is Mm -hmm. that we've made it a big deal. So unless I'm on my knees or I'm at church or I have all these right words to say, or I say the things in the right order, 
then I'm going to, I'm going to wait until I can do it all the right way before I do it at all. And I think uh-huh. that if we can yeah. just say, God wants to hear from us and it's worth it for us to talk to him, then it takes some of the extra stuff that we put on it, brings it down a little bit, but puts it in a place where really it's designed the way it is supposed to be, which is just talk to him. Yes. Yeah, so glad you said this because I'm, I'm, we, I feel like we all have those relationships, friendships even, where you kind of have lost touch. It's been like four or five months and you keep up on social media and whatever, but you really want to reach out. You feel intimidated or maybe even a certain amount of shame because you're thinking it's been four or five months. Like, who am I to reach out now? You know, mm-hmm. and I feel like we can almost bring that to a relationship we have with God. I think there's a lot of people dealing with shame and guilt knowing that prayer is an opportunity, like you said, and that we have an amazing opportunity to take advantage of it, but we haven't. And so therein lies lots of guilt and shame. Mm -hmm. And so for someone that almost is stuck in that place, what kind of practical advice would you give them to just go for it? Like lay the shame down and just go for it. Well, I think that we put shame on ourselves that God does not put on us. I mean, think about Adam and Eve in the garden. Mm -hmm. They committed a sin. God came looking for them. They covered up. I mean, like they couldn't find him, you know, like, like, or he couldn't find them and, or like he couldn't see through the little leaves that they put up. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like we were playing yeah. games with ourselves to think that the God who comes looking for us, which he does, the whole point of the gospel is that he knew we couldn't fix yes. things and he came, he decided I'm going to fix it for them. And then so good. Um, even if they're not looking for me, I am looking for them. The Bible says that uh, he loved us first and he's always loving us first. So you can kind of say, well, if I haven't prayed to him in five months, well, it's been, you know, it took 2000, well, it's been 2000 years since Christ was here, but it took thousands of years from the beginning of time when Adam and Eve came until Jesus Christ comes to solve the problem, Mm -hmm. to fix the problem. God took his time coming up with a solution. And so what makes us think that just because we've taken our time that the solution still isn't available? Wow. That's so good. Yes. Chills. Absolutely. I want to hear almost a personal story about how Maybe prayer has changed your life if there was a significantly difficult season that you walked through and you found prayer helped. Well, yes. Um, I've had many seasons where really the biggest thing for prayer was that I'm not alone, Hmm. that the emotions that I have, that the struggles that I have, I can take them to God. Recently, um, I lost my mom. She died in December, which every time I say that, I can't believe I'm talking about my mother. It's weird. Right. It's just weird. It's just weird. Um, but I, I think that, you know, during that season, just being able to talk, to know that I'm coming to God and there's no judgment, that I can mm-hmm. say how I really feel, that he can handle it, that throughout all time, he's dealt with people talking to him about all things, angry, sad, mad, grieving, excited, joyful, questioning, asking questions, um, complete in faith, little the little doubt. And he's still God. It, whatever I'm going to say to him, he's heard it before, you know? Yeah. He's heard yeah. it before. And so just the ability to come to him and say, um, okay, here I am. You know, this is what I'm asking you for. This is what I'm, this is what I can't believe. This is what I'm disappointed. The greatest gift wasn't so much that I had these, you know, moments, this ri- these riveting revelation moments. The greatest gift to me was that I could keep coming and that I could say whatever mm-hmm. I had to say and know that I wasn't alone, that he was there and that I was nowhere other than where other people had been before me that had talked to him or even with me. Wow. And so that's one thing. I think that there have been times too where I've seen him surprise me with the answers to prayer that I didn't even really know I prayed. 
Um, I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but it's something you want. It's a desire of your heart. And maybe you mention it, like in a conversation with a friend. It's almost right. like I'm reminded that the Holy Spirit is always with me and he hears me, that he's overhearing everything that I say and everything that I do. And sometimes those prayer requests that weren't even prayer requests, they were desires of the heart. I didn't even put into a formal prayer that God heard them and gave them to me. So I was yes. in um, a record store, like one of the last record stores in Dallas and a Virgin Records. It was kind of vintage. And I was looking at this album by um, the play, the, the the musical Rent. And so I was sitting there because Rent was in town and I tried to get tickets. I couldn't get them. And um, I'm looking at this album and just, you know, just looking at the music, thinking, am I going to buy the album? Because I heard it was a good play, but I didn't want to go. And so this person walks up to me and they said, um, that play is great. And I said, you know, I've heard. And so I was sitting here thinking about maybe listening to some of this music because I couldn't go to the Broadway play in town today. He said, well, I just stopped by because I had to, uh, I had to, um, I'm on my way somewhere else and just had some time to kill, but I actually had tickets for tonight and couldn't find Stop. anybody to give them to. Would you like them? No, no way. And I'm sitting there going, what? <gasps> Jesus heard me. He heard me. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I love it too because it. it's nothing super religious. Yes. It's nothing super. It was a play. It's he a play. Wants you to, yes. It's a play. And there have been little things like that. I mean, and that's where, you know, documenting prayers, which is why we put room to write in that book, documenting what you prayed for and coming back to it every now and again. Because you can say things that were a big deal and then you move on with your life six months later or six years later. And it's not until you look back and you're like, I mm-hmm. asked for that and he actually did yeah. it. <laughs> yes. And how often do I personally go without giving the Lord credit for things that I didn't even think he was he was in the works of, mm-hmm. but he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he's in the works of many things that we don't see. And what prayer mm-hmm. does, um, you know, even when we don't really pray the prayers, what prayer does just kind of acknowledging, you know, what do I need from God? How am I feeling? That's good. And what it does is it connects you to what he's doing. That's the thing. It's not like God needs prayer. He, he, he's got, you know, the <laughs> father, God, father's the son and father, you know, the father, God, and then the son, and then the Holy spirit, the, God is good. He, he's got enough conversation. The conversation for prayer is for us. So we can get in on the good fellowship that's already happening. So when you don't pray, so it's not that you don't get what you want. That may be a part of it, but when you don't pray, you're not able to participate in this glorious opportunity for fellowship with God of the universe. Yeah who wants to include you in what's going on. Oh man, this is good. Ah, this is so good. I do want to touch on the maybe other side of prayer, which is we love when things happen. We love when we see God move, but then there's also that time where it's a mean time. It's a, it's a unanswered prayer. It's a, we have gone on our knees before the Lord and we've yet to seen something happen that we really need to see happen or we'd really desire to see happen. So what would you say to somebody who's like kind of mad at us at the moment? Cause we're talking about all the amazing things prayer does, but they have yet to maybe see something come to fruition that they've been diligent in. My mom died. <laughs> yeah. My answer to that question is my mom died. And I wow. still am asking God, can you at least show me why? Can you show me that there was something that, you know, some connection that was made between two people or something that would not have been able to happen with, with her here? I I can't even imagine what it is. Can you tell me why you kept your promise to get her to 70? And then a month later, not even a month, you took her. What was that for? I mean, at least (laughs) tying some loose ends. Could you do that for me? I know you don't have to, Mm -hmm. I know you're God, 
You don't owe me any, any explanations. But it would be really nice if I could go, I still don't like it, but hmm, I get it. I get mm-hmm. it. That's mm-hmm. my prayer request now because I did. he didn't answer my prayer request then. I mean, not just mine, my families, hundreds of thousands yeah. of people around the world. So I, I, I can say that, but here's what it comes down to. And I asked a friend of mine who is a nurse. She's a, um, for years, she's been a hospice nurse. How in the world do you still believe in God when you see mm. people that are begging God to live, not get that prayer request answered? How do you believe in God when you see people where the death situation is actually not smooth? And, you know, you just see that plane land in a very, very turbulent way. How do you not question? Her response to me is, (laughs) because when you choose to believe in God, there's going to be all kinds of things that happen to make you question whether or not your assumptions about God are true. But the bottom line is, do you believe? So good. And Mm -hmm. I've chosen to believe. And I've also had enough circumstances where the transition of someone from time to eternity, there were amazing scenarios, things that they said, things that they saw, things that they experienced, reconciliation of the family, all of these wonderful things. And so if we're going to accept that God is good, but the world is not, that God is good, but the world is hard and difficult and sin-ridden. If you're going to ex- accept the fact that God is who he says he is, then sometimes you're going to see the glimmer of light of his presence shine through and it will be undeniable. There's a God. Yeah. And then there will be times when the hardship and the trials of this earth make you question, where are you? But the whole reason why we can pray, the whole reason why there's salvation, the whole reason why there is a Jesus Christ who came to give his life is because God said, I don't want them just to get the glimmer of me through the slivers of darkness. I want them to, for the rest of eternity, be able to experience the whole of me. And the only way through that sometimes is Mm -hmm. getting through the hard stuff of life. And when the hard stuff of life comes and when he says no, will you still believe? And I'm preaching to me right now. Because I have to yes, tell you, ma'am, me I've too. had to go, I've had a few times to say, now, now do I actually believe God? I mean, like, <laughs> do I actually, I mean, I mean, just, you know, it is what it is. No, thank you for your honesty, for sure. It is what it is. And what, oh man, several things I think are so beautiful in this. One is the fact, I've heard this before and I feel like I've, can't not hear it after I heard it the first time. It was that the miracle is not always in the destination or the deliverance. The miracle is oftentimes in the meantime. Right. Are you still going to choose to believe God's good? Even mm-hmm. if someone doesn't get cured of cancer, even if I never have a biological child, even if fill in the blank, like mm-hmm. the the miracle is me, Rachel, and you, Crystal, saying, but God's still good. And I still choose to operate in that and know he, <laughs> he has my best interest at heart, even if that crushed me. Um, and I, I, I hope that speaks to someone because it's it's messy mm-hmm. and it's not, mm-hmm. I feel like, what I grew up imagining my life to look like. I'm sure you would say the same. and mm-hmm. But yet I am at a place that I am so excited to be that I would never have asked for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I am the best. I mean, I feel like this this is cut out for me. And it, only, and it only comes through the door of faith. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I love about what you just said is, I don't know if people know this about you, but you come from an incredibly faithful family. We have Tony Evans, we have your sister, we've got all your brothers. And and I think what's so neat and to me freeing to hear is, 
I mean, from the outside looking in, y'all are some mountain movers, if I do say so. Like, you guys are doing incredible and amazing things. And so to have something heartbreaking happen and to say we prayed, my whole family prayed, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people prayed, and it still didn't happen, I think releases some, like, small seed of hope for people, too, that you can still operate in, again, the goodness of God without something happening, just regardless of your behavior, what you've done, what your faithful resume looks like. Mm-hmm. He's still God and the world mm-hmm. is still bad and God's still good. And I just, I don't, I think that's good for me to hear. Obviously, if you write a prayer guide, you're going to want to be like, yes, I pray 30 times a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love my prayer time conversation with God and to hear it's messy and it's, it's not probably what people would imagine is definitely freeing for me. So I hope it is. Well, that's the thing. I was like, wait a minute, God, don't you know I had to write a book about prayer? Yeah. (laughs) Wait, did you write this book pre all this and then it got published and then everything kind of fell apart? What, I mean, what did that timeline look like? Well, kind of, sort of, because, you know, again, it came from that Instagram challenge. And so, I mean, it had been through many iterations, but my decision to do this was in July and August. So, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not connecting the dots that I'll, you know, I'll put a book about prayer out there. And what am I going to say if God didn't answer mine? Hmm. Not that he hasn't answered others. He just didn't answer that big one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so what, what do you, what do you say? And what do you say when you're still wrestling with it? Mm-hmm. And I think the answer is that you're still wrestling with it, but that you still choose to believe. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that um, maybe that is the more powerful place to be is that Here's all the things I know to be true. And here's what I'm doing. And here are my questions. And I understand Mm -hmm. your questions too. Yeah. Well, you said something in your book. I want to find the quote that is exactly what you just said. You said, the evidence of our lack of surrender is often seen in our cycle of prayer, emotions, and actions. We pray. Then we get up and we don't act like we believe God is handling what we just laid at his feet. What I want you to hear is that even though it feels scary to surrender, God is trustworthy. And when you yield, God is faithful to give you what you need to obey and remain faithful. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what you just said, mm-hmm. is that it's an opportunity to surrender and realize it's not about Rachel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and thank God it's not up to Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, or else we'd all be doomed. This is just so great because I want to talk about a bigger picture idea, which is that our prayer isn't necessarily about us. I think a lot of times Mm. we get stuck in our own head and our own circumstance that we forget prayer impacts a lot more people than just us. So I want to hear your ideas on why prayer matters for more than just you. Well, the thing is, is God is never doing anything just about you. (laughs) Uh, it, it is an interwoven. Wait, say that one more time. Oh, I love that. One more time. God is never doing something that is just about you. So when you come to God in prayer, only he can take your desires and know how to intertwine that with all the other things that he's trying to do in this world and all the other prayers he's going to answer. So for you to come to God without that vantage point, it actually limits your prayers. Um, I mean, I, 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 you know, the prayer of Jabez where he says, enlarge my territory, you know, it's okay to say, God, Hey, listen, give me more, like give me more, you know, it's, it, it, give me more so that I can manage it, bring you glory, all these things. Think about the parable of the talents. Okay. You do well with what you have. I'll give you more. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But the question is for what purpose? And so when you come to God and you say, okay, God, 
I want to be rich <laughs> or, okay, God, no, I want to <laughs> have a big house. Or, okay. Then the question is why, why would he do that for you? Um, and why would he do that? And how does it bless other people? No. Okay. God, I want you to help me find my purpose. Okay. Why? So that I can bring glory to you. Cause the, 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 the purpose of God is to do things that have nothing to do with you specifically, but the good that you experience is an overflow of the good that he is. So you can bring what you want to the table, but you always want to bring it to the table thinking, okay, how does this, you know, how does this benefit? Because he's interested Mm -hmm. in the bigger picture. Now let's take this away from, you know, a house and money and all that kind of stuff, because, you know, we're going to, it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We're going to think first about making sure we have enough food. And then we think about our comfort and we have these levels of the things that we, that we need, but God, you know, teach me. uh, I want to, I want to know your purposes for my life because why? Because I want to be fulfilled. Okay. That's fine. Because a lot of us ask for our purpose for that reason, but why else? So that through my purpose being fulfilled, I can meet needs. I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. When you bring that with you to prayer, when you bring that acknowledgement of God's purposes of bigger than you to prayer, maybe he listens a little bit better. Because maybe he knows that you understand how your request fits in with the overall scheme. If you think about somebody who's making a quilt, they don't just, you know, cut out a square and say, oh, look at this square. They look at the whole pattern. How does this one square fit in with the bigger pattern? It has to fit, number one, in its spot. But it has to make sense with everything else. And God is saying, listen, I want to, I'm trying to make sense of everything else. So when you say, hey, I want to play my square, I want you to make my square look a certain way. His question is, great, I want you to be a great square, but I need to figure out first, how does this make sense with the bigger picture? And if you come to him and say, hey, I know my place, I know where this fits, then maybe that moves God's heart to connect with your request a little differently. And so it's, you know, God's not Santa Claus and he's not a jack in the box. (laughs) However, he is trying to grow us up in these purposes, in his purposes, And growing us up to be mature enough to realize it's not about us is a part of our signal in prayer that we understand how he's thinking about the world. He's not Santa Claus or a jack-in-the-box. Brilliant. (laughs) I've I've never heard that. That was awesome. I and I love yeah, so good. Cause so many times I get stuck in my own head. Like I go to him for petition. Like I literally go to him because I'm like, oh Lord, like well, you got something coming. I can see it a mile away. I need you to, I need you to move. I need you to move. And that's great. I think that's fine. Just like you're talking about, but there's so many other types of prayers that I think that we often overlook like praise. <laughs> How often do I just praise him without any strings attached? Just like, God, you are so good. Mm-hmm. And I just want, I just want you to know, I just want, I just need to affirm you. You're doing a great job. Mm -hmm. Even if the things aren't happening and lining up in my life, I see it in my neighbors. I see it in my moms. I see it in my brothers. Like, God, you're so good. Thank you. You know, and and then again, like a prayer of Thanksgiving and then prayer of intercession, like praying on someone else's behalf. I mean, there's just so many other things than praying for, I mean, God help me with fill in the blank X, Y, Z, spiritually or physically. And I, I just think we so often get caught up in the petition we forget that it's a relationship and I don't go to my husband just when I need something. That's right. That's right. And you would think it weird if the only thing about the relationship was what you were asking the person for. That's, that's not a relationship at all. 
I, I, I mean, it's like a it's like a sugar daddy or something. You know, it's like a, you know, just. <laughs> uh, I mean, the reality is, is our relationship with God is just that a relationship, and we ought to bring everything into that relationship. That conversation would be had with somebody that we loved. So yes, uh-huh. to tell them what we love about them. Yes, to say you're sorry when you've done something that sets the relationship apart. Yes, to ask, but that's a small part of prayer when you talk about all the other ways that we can talk to God, and then to yield to say, listen. Not, yeah. not my will, but yours be done. And mm-hmm. however you choose to answer and whatever you're doing in the world and whatever you bring into my day, I just want to be a part of what you're doing. So include me and I surrender my will to yours. Oh, amazing. You mentioned War Room, that really amazing movie that I hope people have seen. If not, then I will link the information in our show notes because I think it should be one that people mm-hmm. see for sure, especially on this idea of prayer and how it can drastically move pieces of your life that you need see that you need to see moved. I want to know, do you have a war room? Do you have a prayer closet? Like, can you, is it okay if you pull back the veil and show us a little bit about what your prayer life practically looks like for someone, let's say new believer, like press play on this episode because they don't even know where to start. What does that look like for you? Well, I do not have a prayer closet because I do not have a spot like that in my house. However, I have a bed. And before I get out of my bed, (laughs) I have a journal that sits next to my bed. And that's where my prayer requests go. And it's kind of a signal getting in my bed and getting out of my bed to start and end my day with God. Don't do it perfectly, but it is kind of like before I start, like this is kind of my safe haven Um, and it's quiet and I set the mood and the atmosphere. And so, and then the things that I'm trying to keep front of mind, they go where I go, meaning um, lipstick on the bathroom mirror, a three by five card I take to my dash in my car, um, scriptures that I'm meditating on that I want to include in my prayer time that are in the kitchen cabinets. Um, yes. I, it's, it's not like, and, and I love the idea of a war room. I love that idea. And I hope to have that, <laughs> um, in the future, <laughs> but I don't want people to think that if they don't have this one special place that God can't hear them in every place. I think the issue mm-hmm. is intentionality and that, you know, where your prayers are so that you don't forget about them. Because how often in a moment of crisis do we call out to God because we were emotionally overflowing? And then when we feel better, there's no need to talk to him. So the reality is, is we don't want our emotions to be the sole trigger for our conversations. We want our decision to engage in relationship with God to be the preface for our reason for showing up often. Wow. So quotable. (laughs) I'm in my mind. I'm just seeing like all these quotes and (laughs) I mean, it's good, but it's good and it's true and it's so dense. And I think that this is going to be a lot for people to chew on in a lot, in a really good way throughout their week. And I love that you said, I don't have like one specific room because I don't either. And (laughs) Lord knows my closets aren't big enough for me to get into. (laughs) I mean, our closets in our house are coat closets, every single one of them. Yeah. I'm not kidding, Crystal. And that's that's what I'm saying. And everybody has a different scenario. You know, some people may not even have Mm -hmm. closets. You know what I mean? They're storing things in mobile storage units or tubs. So I I don't (laughs) want people to think that, gosh, if I don't have this special carved out beautiful place that I can't have a good prayer time. I mean, uh-huh. honestly, my favorite place, you know what my, if I were to say what my prayer closet is, it's my car, my car, Ooh, because, wow, yeah. because I will go out to my car and my kids know if I come home from something and I'm sitting there and they walk out the front door and I'm like, I'll be in in a minute. You do that too. <laughs> I'll be in I in a minute. Too. <laughs> Sit in the driveway. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. And so yep. sometimes I'm talking on the phone 
But a lot of times I'm talking to God at the stoplight. You know, I, I mean, I have had people probably look at me like I was a crazy woman because yeah. I was emoting and I was having a moment with God. And I was just, you know, just kind of having a hissy fit tantrum. And I was in the car talking to God. And so the person who was looking from their car into mine was probably like, who is she talking to? And why is she screaming and yelling? <laughs> Mom, she screaming and yelling and there's nobody in the car. You know what I mean? And these days yeah. you never know when yeah. somebody's talking, you know, via Bluetooth or not. So maybe they thought that. But I mean, yeah. I just talked to him and the car is a good place when I'm by myself. So good. You want to actually know a funny secret? I've never told anybody this. I, so when my husband was in training, I was obviously home alone and I would go on lots and lots of walks. Obvious, also, because that's the only thing you could have done in quarantine <laughs> to get outside. So I would go on lots of walks and my evening one was like my prayer walk. I just loved to like walk around and talk out loud. Also, talking out loud helps me. It does. Journaling it does. helps you maybe and. I am not a journaler, but I am a talker. I talk out loud. But to avoid people talking, specifically my neighbors, I would wear my AirPods and nothing would be playing. But if, at least if someone saw me, they'd think I was talking Listen, to someone I know. We got to do what we got to do, girl. Here. We got to do what we, we got to do. do it. That's it. I'm like, people are going to think like, um, you know, Joshua and Jerrica walk around seven times like, oh, this girl's crazy. But I That's just my thing. And I think that that's so beautiful is everyone's going to find their specific fun unique thing mm -hmm. and if that's journaling great if it's talking out loud awesome if it's you have a master closet invite me over like <laughs> get in the closet and play, play like war room like there's so many different things I think oh gosh how cool is that that we all have our own unique way that God crafted inside of us to feel closer to him and yeah. also, again, like you were saying earlier, what an amazing opportunity that we get to actually talk to the God of the universe. So why in our right mind would we pass that up? Exactly. And yeah, so good. So if someone did want to get their hands on this prayer guide, how can they go about doing so? Well, you can find the book anywhere books are sold. You can go on to Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, even Target and find it there. I love asking this question. It's probably one of my favorites, but what is something that you are loving these days that maybe listeners don't know about? Or it, I mean, it could honestly be hair product, mm -hmm. like a food, a snack, anything that you're like, guys, you've got to know. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, there's so many things I, um, cause you know, I'm, I like trying things. I mean, I don't know if you're like me and then being at home, it's like Amazon will bring me whatever I want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever I want. So I would say the first thing that comes to mind is, um, shea butter creams. Like I am kind of a, I'm kind of a snob with lotions and things like that. And so my yes. favorite lotion, which is cheap, you can get it from Target or Walmart or wherever. It's a Vaseline, healthy hands, stronger nails. And it's in a pink tube, or at least it was the last time I bought it. It's the best lotion on the market to me. It leaves my hands. But but apart from that, the, the, the versions of body butter cream that have shea in them that are heavy shea, I love those. Mm -hmm. I've got like four different ones sprinkled around my house and I'm just loving, loving them. And one particular brand that I love is Envy, E-N-V-I-E. And their smells okay. are wonderful. Okay. I just need <laughs> moisture. <laughs> so shea butter is great. I love that idea. I, funny you say Amazon, because this morning I had a really creepy thing happen where I was laying in bed and we're hosting our in-laws this weekend. And so my husband came in. He's like, hey, we're almost out of coffee because we do coffee pods. And he was like, hey, we're almost out of coffee. And his mom loves coffee. So I'm like, we cannot run out of coffee. 
And so I ordered some more pods off of Amazon because that's, unfortunately, it's kind of annoying. The only place we can find them. So we order them. And I kid you not, 20 minutes later, my husband's walking out the door for work, comes back inside and shows me a box that's the same size of the box we typically get with our coffee pot order. And he was like, no way. Do they just, do they, is this? Is this from Amazon? That's really creepy if it's from Amazon. And he started to freak out. He was like, how do they know? This is so weird. And so um, and we were, we're just joking about how it wouldn't get in time, get here in time for their first morning here, whatever. And I start freaking out. I was like, no way. So cool. Like maybe the drones are actually like a thing that everyone's talking about. And so he leaves for work and I go to unbox what I thought was these coffee pods. And they weren't. They were sandals I forgot I had ordered a few days ago. And I was planning on not telling Thomas about. So I'm like, I've got to tell him I ordered sandals. And it wasn't the coffee pods. (laughs) But for a quick second, we were like, oh, shoot, this is weird. This is real weird. Like we ordered that 20 minutes ago. It's already here. False alarm. Well, listen, these phones are listening. The phones are listening. The computers are listening. I have a conversation <laughs> with my friend. Next thing I know, I'm scrolling through Amazon and I get an advertisement. It's like, this is scary. So weird. Scary, yes. scary, scary. I I saw a meme that was like, if you're looking for a specific rug, just start talking about the kind of rug you want without having to search it on a search engine. You'll probably get an ad. It's very true. For it. I was like, it's that's very right. true. Very, very it's a new true. way of shopping. <laughs> well, if someone wanted to follow along with you, see cute videos of Joel and all of your other sons, where can they find you online? Um, I can be found anywhere on social media at Crystal Hurst, or you can come to my website, crystalevanshurst.com, right below my picture. There's a place to sign up for an email. And the cool thing about that is you won't miss anything. And there's a lot going on. There's a lot, a lot of amazing things going on. So I'm honored that you would take a few minutes today to chat all through the things. Prayer, laugh with us. <laughs> I've so enjoyed our conversations. This has been a treat for me. Thank you for having me. It's been really, really great talking to you too. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.